um, prep versus over prep. Yeah. I'm, I'm offended by the fact that you've got to put over prep in there. That's, that's, <laughs> that's nonsense. There's uh, no such thing as over prep. I'm okay. insulted. John, I, we were not referring to you. That but it was a comment. Telling that you took it as such. <laughs> it was a comment. Guilty dog marks first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the host joining me today are Troy Sandlin and John Christian. Greetings! Hello! So, we're going to do some I never news. know what to do with myself in the, in the opening. Uh-huh. I'm like, I don't know how to say hi <laughs> without it being really awkward. <laughs> Hello, everybody! Well, hi, you! Yes. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we'll just cut that like... like uh, my, my favorite podcast of all time, and this includes our own, um, is the Penny Arcade DLC podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, oh, yes. I will watch. I think I've listened. They have nine seasons, and I'm, I think I'm on my fourth listen through all nine seasons. Oh, my uh, crap. <laughs> uh, I'll just turn it on and anything and everywhere. Um, but I like, like, they start mid-conversation. There's no introduction, really. There's nothing but conversation from start to start to end and then mm-hmm. they have like a song at the end that they play but um we could do it that way we could just like feel like people are walk listeners are walking in on on us chatting maybe that's just part of the the appeal though is to see how awkward john is in the opening mm-hmm. how awkward any of mm-hmm. us are in the opening i know i enjoy seeing how awkward john is <laughs> I, it is a it's it's a regular occurrence so mm-hmm. you'll you get you'll get your fill at any point Oh, you'll get Fair your enough. fill, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, is it going to be one of those episodes? All I control, hope control. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's dive into our dessert round here, uh, where we're going to talk about some news, and we're going to have a Kickstarter-heavy news today, um, by and large. Um, right out the gate, though, I want to. Uh, do a little shout out from our good friend Catherine. Catherine, uh, Catherine, here on the show. Yes, she has moved on and does uh, other great things now. Um, but she reached out to us and said, "Hey, if you aren't already, you should talk about this Kickstarter on your next episode." So we're gonna do that because uh, it's a cool Kickstarter, and uh, so this one comes straight from her. Uh, Coyote and Crow. Yes. It's on Kickstarter. It is currently sitting at just under half a million dollars sold. Uh, 6,500 backers, and it's still got 22 days to go. Um, it is a Native American alternative history slash future. So science fantasy RPG. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? Yep. yep. I, I, yeah. From what I can tell, yeah. Okay. So it's it takes the idea that if the Native Americans uh, uh, were and the U.S. was not colonized, and the people who uh, were already living here were allowed to progress with 
civilization and tech uh, to a to a point in the future. Um, what would that look like? And it's its own unique. Uh, I think it's a D twelve system. Exclusively D twelve, right? Exclusively D twelve. Yeah, it is a three hundred plus page book. Um, so that's a good chunk. A beast. Yeah. Thick boy. It's got Thick a cool. Uh, it's got a cool design element too, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's got its own attitude. Um, a lot of like bright poppy colors, which I think Catherine would have uh, pointed you to if she were on here. Um, (laughs) It's a very vibrant setting, vibrant game. Um, And one of their big selling points is that they have a largely native team putting it together. Um, Five native writers, uh, two native graphic artists, and then uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, other native artists, and then some of their playtesters are also natives. So uh, you're getting a lot of infusement from a lot of different tribes. Yeah, all throughout. Um, it looks great. It this looks, is. Let me tell you, I want to. I want to make sure that I. I want to go on record saying that this is the stuff that I'm really excited about. The new stuff that comes out, where this is like they're not borrowing from something else. They're not. You know they don't. They don't. It's like like they have to like glom onto some pre-established um, story or mythology. They're creating something wholly theirs that they own, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. And it looks really, really, really good. And it's something that's like I don't know anybody that wouldn't want to play in this playground. Honestly, yeah, this mm-hmm. is not. It's not like by uh, by indigenous peoples for indigenous peoples only. This is for everybody. This is really, really interesting. And the and the. the the vibe is wholly unique to yep. the community, and I absolutely adore it. I'm really excited about it. I can't oh, wait yeah. to. Get, I've already. I backed it, so I'm, I can't uh-huh. wait to get my my copy of the book. Yep, I'm I'm looking forward to it big time. And Zach has it. I'm sure he's going to, but I'm going to beat. No, him to take it. it away. No, no, say it. Beat. I'm going to beat him to it. Uh, there are certain pledge levels on this, and I love what they're doing. Uh, you can purchase a PDF copy of the book. At a certain level, and they will donate a hardcover copy to a reservation library. Or yeah, something? a reservation library. Mm-hmm. And and then there's a, of course awesome. higher levels where you can buy your own hardcover co- copy, and a copy is donated, or you can just buy a copy and donate it. And you know, and that to me is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and a lot of people are taking them up on it. I think they're gonna. <laughs> if I was gonna guess. I, I can't remember how many it is, but it's like uh, hundreds, hundreds of these books are being donated. Well, actually, um, on the just on the one where you get a physical copy of the book and one copy is donated, over thirteen hundred backers. That's crazy. And then yeah, another, another four hundred on the donation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's so awesome. I, I, I could be wrong, but I I can't imagine at least just in the U.S. that there are seventeen hundred reservation libraries so we're talking maybe multiple copies each which is great or oh, yeah however they're mm-hmm. going to do that right like that's amazing yeah that um, is pretty i mean the the setting sounds awesome it's you know if the americas had not been colonized mm-hmm. a cosmic event occurred changing history and now there's a you know i'm assuming 
just from just from you know the the pictures and what little you get from the Kickstarter, the technology is based in in Native American tribalism and things like that. So it's mm-hmm. that mindset going forward. What would they have created given technological advancements and things like that? And it's kind of I like taking that mindset and in, in the the science fiction mindset and, and giving it that flavor that tweak to see what you come up with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, so that's Kickstarter number one, Coyote and Crow, Coyote and Crow. Um, Kickstarter number two is, uh, I'll just plug it real quick. Uh, you've probably seen ads for it already. It's pretty big. Uh, it's called Remarkable Cults. And mm-hmm. uh, it is by, um, oh goodness, uh, Lore Smith, who did like the Remarkable Inns and Taverns and Remarkable Shops. Um, over the last few years, uh, I think I'm going to buy this. Um, first off, the, I like the fact that there is a soft cover tier where you can get a book at a much reduced cost. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I think I'm going to fall. Remarkable Colts is uh, basically eight pre made Colts with a lot of detail and then ways to make your own Colts. Um, and it's system agnostic, so it'll work for Pathfinder, D&D, anything like that. Um, I think that, by and large, I really like Laura Smith books, their layout, their design. Um, they seem to be very quality. Um, they do really nice Kickstarters. So, for me, I think this is a must-buy, especially when it's just a $24 soft cover. Um It'll be a great reference guide for, I don't know, I kind of like, like I'm thinking right now for my Eberron game, right? Like the Emerald Claw order and things like that. Oh, like yeah. having something that you can really like flesh out that order. Um, my parties at least really like having that foil, that nemesis party or or crews that are against them. Um, so I'm imagining that I'll get quite a bit of use out of this. Most definitely. Yeah, it, the artwork looks fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so that is uh, Remarkable Colts and their followers. Uh, John, how about we hop off the Kickstarter train for a minute? What do you got for us? You got it. So uh, a buddy of ours, friend of the show, David Burkhart, mm. uh, gave a shout out to a game that kind of came and went in my mind until I, I kind of took a look at it a little bit deeper. Uh, Solasta or Solasta. I'm not really sure what the, the exact pronunciation is. It's Crown of the Magister. Is a game that's available in uh, in beta on Steam right now, and uh-huh. it's it's pretty much Neverwinter Nights is what it is. Like an updated uh, graphical interface, uh, and what and it's not only is it graphically, you know, distinct from Neverwinter and that it's been improved, but they're using the 5e engine. Uh, Wizards of the Coast granted Tactical Adventures license to use the D&D SRD 5.1 rule set, furthering our vision of making the most faithful video game adaptation within that tabletop rule set. So if you want to play the game, you're playing it in, in, five, in uh, 5e, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, on the big news this week, though, is that there's the game that you can play with your, your friends online, or you could, there's a solo version that you can play. Uh, they, they're adding on uh, a Dungeon Maker module to it so mm. going harkening back to neverwinter nights and neverwinter nights 2 where you can create your own dungeons 
they're bringing that back. So there's this very modular, and it's interesting the way that they kind of do the layout for it. It feels like one of the old, uh, you kind of like have a top-down grid of the, the map, and it's in that blue-white, uh, the old-school oh, uh, yeah. map kind of kind of vibe to it. It's really cool. And then you can kind of dip down into it and see what it looks like and, and make sure that you're traversing it the way that you want to. But uh, it's uh, it, really cool. You know that it's awesome that there uh, that other designers don't have to put stamp the D and D brand to it. They're just using the engine. That's something that's really familiar. It's easy for people to to pick up. Um, I picked up a copy of it. I have yet to play it, but I'm really excited about playing it if for no other reason than for those things. So just kind of keep your eyes out, and I'll um, I'll circle back in a couple of weeks maybe after I've had a chance to to tinker with it and and play in the playground a bit. Uh, so Heck far, yeah. uh, our buddy David, he was uh, he was into it, and so he, based on his recommendation, I took a look. And I'm hooked. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to play. It looks, it looks pretty awesome. Uh, not gonna lie. <laughs> if, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, I will say this though. I will say this. The bar outside of Baldur's Gate three, the bar is set super low for D and D games these days. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'm looking at you, Sword Coast, uh, Legends of the Sword Coast. Giant, but mm. for me at least, was a huge, huge disappointment. And so I'm hoping that they're going to do do a little bit more justice in this. That's why I'm excited to get into it and take a look at it. I may end up being disappointed again, for all I know. But on paper, mm. and all of the all the uh, the artwork and the design, and everything like that looks really great. The videos that I've watched look really great. So yeah, I'll I mean, report at least back. It looks pretty. Yeah, at least there's that, right? So, so you'll it's have eye the, candy. Yeah. So at least you'll you know you have something pretty to look at while you're being disappointed. If that happens, I, from what from what I've been hearing, that you know, it's it's been pretty fun. Um, yeah. it, there there are a few sticky points, but that always happens. But it's also in beta. It's also in which beta, I'm going to give yeah. them. I'm going to forgive them. However, that's kind of a thing these days on Steam. Every game seems to go through beta that isn't released on a console. And if it's re- released through Steam, you're going to get like a, a a version that works pretty much, and then sometimes they get beefed up to where they're releasable full-blown and some of them they just stay in beta forever so Mm. we'll see cool awesome all right so that was Celasta, and then last but not least troy i know i know i as soon as i saw this kickstarter i'm like troy will cover this at some point uh because it's (laughs) it screams eberron uh talk to us about airship campaigns airship campaigns this first off it's a beautiful book um, this, uh, is the hardback, the hardcover version of this campaign guide. Um, the, the previous one was, it was called Skies of Sordain. And it is a campaign mm-hmm. setting, um, dealing with airships and, and aerial combat and all that kind of fun out there, steampunky Eberron type stuff. And they're, they're doing it now. They, they've redone a bunch of the artwork in the campaign guide and they're putting it in hard hardcover form and it's a bunch of new STL files as well um, different creatures that are flying the skies along with you in your airships um, even in some new uh, like drones and things like that that work the docks the airship docks covering you know all different kinds of cities and adventures in uh, the world of Sordain the artwork in this thing is beautiful it is evocative it makes you want to jump on an airship and just go uh, <laughs> pirating you know what whatever it is you want to do in an airship this is it 
I, I backed the first one and got a bunch of those STL files. I definitely backed this one to get these new STL files. I mean, you've got uh, air sharks and and manta rays, cloud manta rays that fly around. Um, you get more maps. There's, oh, it's just... Oof. There is a creature on here that reminds me of some of the modelings for Colville's dragons, by the way. I don't know that that matters in any way, but I just was like, oh my gosh, this would go hand in hand with some of his stuff. So mm -hmm. um, there's, just, there's a lot of STL files, like you said, and um, they're really cool looking. So, so I mean, I, I'm thinking, you know, yes, definitely Eberron getting this to uh, beef up that aspect of, of my Eberron and probably my Iron Kingdoms when that comes out. Um but yeah, I, I'm stoked for anything like this. It's, you know, the the high adventure, swashbuckling, mm -hmm. swinging from the uh, the rigging kind of stuff. Love it. Lots of huge minis, man. Huge. Huge. Huge minis. Huge without an H. Huge minis. Yeah, huge. Jeez, <laughs> uh, like some sweet dragons, some of the most insane beefy looking dragons ever there's like these sky sharks and sky manta rays they're getting ready to unlock sky jellyfish um so mm -hmm. it's gonna be awesome and and the cities like the, just looking at, at the uh the different uh, artwork pieces they, that they're showing off i mean so it just makes your mind explode with the possibility and uh, i see there's a little chart that shows where in the levels of sky I guess mm. that some of these creatures exist. So it's like kind of like, here's where your airships are usually at. If you fly too high, you encounter these things. Uh, lower to the ground, there's these things. You know, that's awesome. That's like like ocean ecology. Yes, right. Yes, that's really really cool. I like that. And for whatever reason, when it's in the ocean, it freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's because you can't see it, if we're talking, you airships, can't see it. Yeah, man. you can't see it until it's right on you. And <laughs> I don't want to hear anything from Brad, my buddy Brad. Mm. He's all the time sending me pictures of sharks coming into view. I hate that crap. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Do you really want to see it coming, or do you like want to just be shocked by it? Like, yep, oh, there it is, got me. Okay, mm -hmm. if it's going to, do you want gonna... like a? Do you want to end this? Look, I'm with you, man. I hate the ocean. I hate it. The sea is terrible. I get. I can get petrified in a pool at night because there's a reason why we don't. I don't know that there's water. not an alligator in there. There might be. I mean, I'm there in Tennessee and not, but but it could be. Um, but screw the water when it's not like in a tub or shower or a cup for me to drink or out cup. of outside. <laughs> or <a> cup. <laughs> gotta check my gotta check my glass for sharks. My cup. Nope, my cup. we're good. Clear cups only. That's me. Yeah, oh, you yeah. don't want those red solo cups. Screw you guys. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Alcohol in it. I mean, <clears throat> that's a that's a separate. That's not water. That is not water. <laughs> I've never heard of a beer shark. So, oh, uh, that sounds like a DM's guild uh, creation to me. Uh oh. Mm. What have I done, uh, beer shark? What have I beer shark? Beer shark. Well, hey, uh, is that all our news for this week? I think it is. Yeah, I think all that right. covers it. Other than hey, virtual D and D weekend this week. Yeah, um, woo -woo. I know uh, from the three of us, there might be a couple tickets out there still. Jump mm -hmm. on the awning portal and and uh, check us out and see if you can find a spot at any of our tables. Yeah, speaking if, of Eberron, I want to do a plug. Speaking of Eberron, 
I have one or maybe two tickets left for my Saturday night Eberron game. So uh, it's table 147. Hot shot, baby. Mm -hmm. Come play. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on. All right. Well, we've got a great guest, uh, which I'll reintroduce uh, today for our Twitch crowd. Uh, so you're going to get three introductions, Brendan, uh, by the time this is all over. Maybe yeah. four. Um, Brendan uh, is our guest. He runs uh, D&D with us on the virtual weekends for Bald Man Games. And uh, he also writes for the DMs Guild. Um, and he's part of our uh, cool, exclusive DM crew. So... Uh, he belongs cool to the uh, marks. yeah yeah very yeah. much so. The only thing <laughs> cool the coolest of the of the yeah. dorks way to go. Yes, that's right. Made it. The only reason that it is cool or exclusive is because we ha- our icon on our Discord channel <laughs> says it. <so. laughs> it it has been stamped thusly. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. All right, so we're back. We have Brendan with us, and we're going to talk about uh, A, his adventure on the DMs Guild, mm-hmm. uh, B, just DMing in general, and then C, like uh, how that adventure or adventure writing in general ca- comes to be. Like, where's that inspiration spark? Um, and how long does it fester, and and what's the impetus <laughs> for actually making a thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Brendan, let's start with this. Let's start with an introduction of yourself, and also uh, chat with us about uh, the adventure that we're going to be talking about today. Absolutely. Well, hello, I'm Brendan Lewis. Um, folks can find me on Linktree as Brendan Dice. That's spelled with all E's. There is uh, two E's, no no A's in my name. Um, and I am, uh, you know, professional dungeon master, friend to these, these Looney Tunes here. And, mm. uh, you know, I have my first, my first title, uh, on DMs Guild. It is called Icewind Curses, uh, Hunger. Uh, so it's an exciting delve, as the name might suggest, uh, up in Icewind Dale and deals with some of those those sort of isolation and horror vibes that uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden promised us. Mm. And maybe not deliver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to leave it to somebody else to say. Words yeah, that yeah. we are intimately familiar with. Promised. Brent, we were Brendan, promised. yeah, I was going to say, Brendan picked his word very carefully. He did. Um, he did. So, uh, Icewind Curses, Hunger, um, I've played it through. Um, I know uh, Troy's talking about maybe hitching along on another uh, game here before too long. Um, As a matter of fact, we wanted wanted to talk about that. mm -hmm. March March 28th. Start playing playing games is where it will be. And uh, I will be playing in it. And uh, John might also I, yes, I am, be joining I am us. Clearing my schedule. Ooh, and, and, trying, uh, to, trying to get in if I can. We will. All we right. will put. We will put this uh, information on the Facebook page probably tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, it's out there for the listeners before the episode even pops. Oh, so excellent. Is this a scenario where we're going to be encouraging them to find a different time that Brendan is running it on Start Playing Away From You? Uh, <laughs> where there's like a, like, 
Is this like come to the circus or avoid the circus and go on a different day? <laughs> uh, well, I th- I think I think we're saying come to the circus. I think the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah, the the answer is both. You know, come to the circus, but hey, if that time doesn't work for you, like we said, it's on Start Playing. I'm available on Start Playing, and uh, if if folks listening want me to run this for their home group, by all means, come hit me up. Ooh. Uh, So so I've played it uh, already. I don't want to give away any spoilers or anything, but um, uh, if you could, I was curious from the get-go, kind of, one of the reasons I signed up for it was because I knew you a little bit, and uh, I was interested in uh, somebody's take on on Icewind Dale and the setting around Rhyme. Um, what inspired you to pick up the pen and paper or the digital pen and paper and <laughs> and figure it out? Well, it is it is a very fun and and. Uh... Uh, early start story um, back when I was actually running Storm King's Thunder at a uh, local game shop. Uh, we had we had a DM who had been meaning to retire, and then Curse of Strahd got announced, and he's like, okay, I have to stick around and do this, um, because it was his favorite. So then when Storm King's Thunder came around, it was my turn to take up the mantle um, and ran them through it. And I had, um, in the course of that adventure, uh, the party encountered some hags of of my own creation. And I had a lot of fun with them, uh, and they went on on various adventures. And I had long had the idea of, you know, I really, hags are one of my absolute favorite monsters. And I long had the idea of, like, I want to share these hags with people someday, because they're really cool. Um, so then when I saw that Rhyme of the Frost Maiden was coming out and was promising us horror and it was taking place in Icewind Dale, which is where the Storm King's Thunder party had first encountered oh. these hags, I was like, you know what? Here's, here's my opening. Here I can, uh, I can really definitively say that they are in Icewind Dale and, um, I can explore the stories of their particular brand of horror. Ooh. That is okay. So you started. That's really interesting because there's. I really liked the Storm King's Thunder bit, like with by the Eye of the All Father and things mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. up there. That I think that was a really solid uh, chapter in that adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that you picked up on it and said that there's some horrific tones to it, or at least that you found that horrific tones fit nicely in there. Mm-hmm. And you kind of explored that. That's that's, I don't know. There's something about that that surely that's not a coincidence. I wonder if, if uh, if maybe that was the inspiration over at Watsi for this one. Too. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I th- I think what really kicked it off for me was this. My particular party had gone up to the Eye of the All Father, um, and they got stuck there. Uh, mm-hmm. They they turn down any offer of of transport or any ways to oh. get themselves out of the north. Um, so they very much had the the isolation, uh, and one of them hated the cold and was like free. You know, he was getting frostbite, um, and so they were stranded in the far north, and they had to trek their way south on foot with no mounts no transport of any sort and that was when they encountered their first tag whoa okay that's awesome man i that is really cool geez (laughs) if uh that's like accidentally 
an amazing, that would be like an accidentally amazing hook to get your party into Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. If you just mm-hmm. dump them off there, like halfway through Storm King's Thunder, <laughs> just drop them off in the north. Um, Cause yeah, you kind of go up there. Like none of the rest of the adventure in that book mm-hmm. is up north. It's kind of mm-hmm. like you go up there, then you bounce back. Mm-hmm. But what if you didn't bounce back right away? And yeah, you had this like little incident. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, my party had uh, Zephyrus's tower at that point, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so it was like, well, we can just go wherever we want. But cool. <laughs> writing in style. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, not only did uh, you put pen to paper and kind of time your release right but you also started squeezing it in first to winter fantasy and then to uh these virtual weekends uh mm-hmm. that that wizards of the coast and and bald men games have been putting on um what was the idea for that like what was that just you kind of going out on a limb and throwing the idea at dave or yeah, it was um, it was definitely inspired by uh, you know Winter Fantasy being you know sort of the family reunion of of Baldman mm-hmm. Games and you know Troy I had even uh, spoke with him a little bit about this module as I was writing it um, and so it, it kind of just seemed natural of like okay you know hey we're doing Winter Fantasy it's everyone getting together trying out new things so I just put a, a sent in an email to Dave I was like so where you know you've said before that we can theoretically run anything in in the future uh where are we at on that is it invite only or or what's happening he's like heck for winter fantasy you can run whatever you want within reason you know it's family here so i i gave it a try and had a a jam full table and it was uh it was just such a blast i figured i would keep it going the interest has has petered off a little bit when you're talking with just pure like al players um but you know Ooh, pardon me. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens over time there. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, what was your feedback from the from your players? I mean, they. I'm, I'm assuming they had a good time, but did they? Mm-hmm. Did they give you any additional notes or anything like that that you kind of you used to either update, enhance, or other otherwise before you released? Not. Or had you already um, released it at this point? Yeah, yeah, I already released it. I released it uh, back in September. Actually, it was one or two days after *Rime of the Frost Maiden* officially dropped. Oh, I had nice. been f- furiously going through sort of you know August and September to uh, to make sure that the release would be on time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did. I didn't necessarily get a ton in the way of you know changing uh, based on feedback of the adventure. However, uh, kind of my, my, you know, secret peek behind the curtain here, uh, one of my interests in running it is that, um, as you might have gathered, you know, I mentioned that there are, there are hags in the plural sense. Uh, there are more adventures coming uh, and more products that I want to do around this particular storyline. And uh, one of those is to include uh, some pregens for Dungeon Masters. You know, if they want to run this, this series of adventures, um, I'm going to put together sort of a sort book that talks about these hags in more detail and has a folio of pregens. So I kind of selfishly had the opportunity of like, okay, well, I can get some players in here and play test those pregens to see if there's something that uh, players enjoy. Nice. Mm. Yeah, so I really I, liked, I really liked, so, so I, I feel like that's at least not a spoiler, so I feel comfortable mm-hmm. in talking about it, but like, uh, it changes the game immensely to have a pregen that's kind of at least styled or themed around the the setting 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I played uh, yours, like all of yours are, all your pregens are kind of built around the assumption that you're going to be in Icewind Dale mm-hmm. and you're going to be in the Arctic and you're going to be blah, blah, blah. And I, I really like that because it helps you kind of feel like you belong in this story and aren't an intruder into somebody else's story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's an immediate so. immersion. Yeah. 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 Very much or it so. bypasses the need for a, like a, to try to horn-shoe a hook. Yeah, exactly. You know, with with these, you know... And when I when I wrote the module, and in the module itself, there are multiple plot hooks. Um, but when I'm running it here as a pickup game, you know, at, at conventions, the hook simply is, you know, when, once everyone's, si- si- you know, sitting down, you know, I say, all right, you know, for whatever reasons might have, have you in the north in general, uh, you have been traveling between towns, and you have gotten lost in a blizzard, and you are now stuck with each other. And it's it's a very quick and easy way to bring people into the story because the the pregens already have some reason to be in Icewind Dale, and now we have a very quick and concrete way that uh, the party has come together. Right on. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the idea of pregens in that manner, not just for like individual character hooks into the adventure, but also connections between the the, the other characters that are in the group. Mm-hmm. So you've got a full party, like you can say. This is your like a fellowship name if you wanted to go that far with it, or say you have been, you've done this. These are the mm-hmm. things that you've already done. You have a pre-established history with one another, a pre-established rapport. Like one person is kind of like the the Murdoch of the team, another person's the BA Baracus, another guy's the the Hannibal. So you kind of have like the A team <laughs> already built out and fleshed mm-hmm. out, like those personalities. And now all they have to do is kind of like slip into a nice, well-worn soft shoe and just kind of. Like and then just adopt as opposed to trying to have to figure it out as they go along. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which that's always like the first two or the three sessions are already tough anyway. So yeah. When you start out with something that's not your own, uh, getting some guidance and kind of like here's the theme, here's their personality, go with it. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's a lot easier, especially whenever they're the character uh, connectivity. Yeah, I've yeah. always been a fan of three I, mm-hmm. I I like, I mean, I like my own characters too, of course, but. It's, it's fun to get handed a character with a little blurb and then figuring out, well, what can I do with that blurb? Yeah, mm. yeah. And that's that's more the direction that the pregens are at in their current state. Um, you know, I, I have them built with, you know, race and class and their spells picked out if, if applicable and whatnot. Um, and then they are just described with, with one sentence, like uh, Sage is a, is a uh, tiefling illusionist who is touring the north uh, on, on a basically a book tour, trying to promote his book about snow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good luck. Selling a book about snow in the frozen north. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, so at this stage, they are really just that sort of um, the personality blurb or a little bit of motivation. They don't necessarily have much in the way of their interconnected backstories. Um, but that might be a thing that uh, that we see in sort of the final product when I put out the new sort of like campaign guide, if you will. Yeah, nice. Yeah, if if you have like built in like established connections is one thing, or even established friction. Mm-hmm. between players mm-hmm. or between characters not between players between between the characters right like, right we yeah, bring yeah. our own players bring their <laughs> own <laughs> right, they'll, they'll bring their own they'll be more than enough you know but it, it kind of going back to the same analogy you've got you know the flaws are centered around one thing that annoys one person in particular or one thing that, like one weakness or flaw in one character is 
kind of like propped up by the strengths of another or something like that, right? So you can kind of mm-hmm. create these synergies that aren't normally there unless you have a really good session zero and players that are willing to kind of like form their characters around the the group dynamic. Yeah. Which doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. Seamlessly. Well, since we're talking about pregens, I, I suppose we can carry that torch a little bit further. I I have just come to be obsessed with the idea of pregens uh, in the <laughs> last six months. Uh, I The two fellows with me here, Troy and John, can attest, like, anytime... Anytime we talk about writing something or we're looking at something, I'm like, oh, what if we had pregens for this? Yeah. That like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, they just like even even at the bare bones, they they bring something that's interesting and and I'm always I'm always excited. I really got my hooks into that, or it, it got its hooks into me with the water deep open. Oh my yeah. god, Where, yes. Oh yeah. Best yeah. You could Best not have convention done. experience I've ever had. Yeah, you could yeah. not have done that adventure with regular player characters. You just couldn't mm-hmm. have done it. It mm-hmm. would not have flo- uh, flowed as, as well as it did. Well, it encourages people to mine not just their class abilities, but their background and those little nid- tidbits because they actually can matter. Like Because mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the adventure writer wrote them into matter a lot of the time right like yeah oh this is a you know your sister is a blah 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 or whatever like and it matters to the story and you're like oh that's cool or like well that we're gonna there's a cemetery in this adventure and so one of the characters is gonna be a necromancer and you're like oh you're gonna give them like there's a built-in mm-hmm. moment for that character and it's such a great thing um then there was a um there's an eberron module uh, here recently that did uh, the first half of it. So like the first two mm-hmm. hours is like a flashback to a point in Eberron's history. And as a DM, you hand out those pre-gen characters and you play through basically an Indiana Jones opening yes. scenario. Yeah, that uh, that was that was for uh, the Wayfinder's Guide when they were testing the waters. Really? For, that was yeah. there too? Yeah, because they brought it back in uh, EB five. Oh, I think. you're talking about okay, yeah, yeah, oh, the current one, yeah, the, yeah. The the Wayfinders uh, Adventurers League run okay. kicked off with that whole uh, you're playing pre gens from the from the past because something weird happened mm-hmm. and it kind of sets off the whole campaign that way. Mm. Yeah, no, no, it's brand new and it's really like I liked it because we heard a lot of feedback from players that said they didn't like it. So um, fair enough, I guess there's, there's a opposite side to every coin, but I like the idea that like you're going through and as a group getting to take part in a, in a story that has a fixed ending that gives insight to your current mm-hmm. party. So mm-hmm. not to spoil anything, but like the end of that two hour run, you can't really change it, it. It is set in stone because it leads into then you flash back forward to your current party. You all get your character sheets back and you play two hours on that. Um, but I just found that to be really a great like insight into the world and and uh, uh, you know what and also like you said that interparty dynamic, which I think is always really cool. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
geez. Uh, now I'm just going to think about all the pregens that I like and all the adventures. <laughs> I don't know if that's really where we want to take this podcast or not, but um, I'll tell you the other thing uh, that kind of was sitting on my mind is uh, you told us right before this episode, right before we started recording about your story about um, uh, uh, having the idea for your adventure before Rhyme of the Frost Maiden had really come out or really mm-hmm. before it had been announced. And to me, that's so surprising because when I played through Brent, through your game, I, I remember getting off and I was talking to somebody um, and I was like, yeah, it fits right in. Like the theme wise, it just kind of like nestles itself within and you can like, it feels like a one shot in Rhyme of the Frost Maiden setting. Like mm-hmm. you're right at home and it's a great way, like, if you wanted to get a taste of the setting or something, like, you can come and go. And it has, without too much spoil, like, a lot of the um, the players, not direct NPCs, but, like, the races or creatures in the other setting at large or the adventure book at large, play some parts in your adventure as well. And I thought that was cool. So mm-hmm. um, it's fascinating to me that it kind of, like fit so well now knowing that it wasn't designed to fit so well <laughs> well i did so so i think the the core plot um that you know the the sort of um you know and and i i feel comfortable talking about hags because you know tiny you know spoiler alert uh not not too important in this first part of the adventure. It's it's not uh, it's not too too big of a deal for you to understand that uh, from a meta perspective that there are hags going on here. Um, but the the sort of core plot of you know hags liking to uh, you know bring that horror and and the way that they you know abuse people and their their twisted desires. Um, is is just so naturally at home in Icewind Dale. My biggest fear, actually, as I was writing it, was, oh my God, what's going to happen if Icewind Dale, if Rhyme of the Frost Maiden comes out and they have a coven of hags already? That was my biggest mm. fear because I'm sitting there thinking they're just so perfect, um, and thank goodness they they really don't. Um, so I was I was really pleased with that. But yeah, I I yeah. released it. You know, when it when um, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden dropped, I frantically spent like six hours straight just reading through it, checking and trying to understand what was going on. And I made one or two last minute tweaks just to include, you know, um, Oral's rhyme, you know, the the sort of environmental effect there. Um, And I, I put in a few quick little elements and then I published it with the caveat of like, Hey guys, you know, in a, in a couple weeks, I'm going to come back to this and update it a little bit further. So then my, my, you know, 1.1 version, uh, was having some explicit, uh, quest hooks that come from Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, uh, to really make it fit in there. But the, the core story seed of, of hags and their, their perverted, uh, sense of humor and whatnot, um, just feel so at home. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah, hmm. I, I can I can totally see that. And I th- they probably didn't have hags in the actual uh, hardcover book because, well, hags were scary. <laughs> <laughs> fair, very very yeah. fair observation. <laughs> they, they weren't you know ice skating walruses or mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> it's always going to come back to that, isn't it? Oh yep. yeah. 
Yep. Yep. Troy, who who hurt you? The walruses. <laughs> the walruses. <laughs> the <skinny> walruses. <laughs> they have big fins. How do they wear ice skate? <laughs> so let me ask you this, Brent. What was the what do you think was your biggest challenge? This being kind of the first time that you put, uh, you tell me, there, have you done anything outside of the DMs Guild that you published or tried to nope. do there? No, this this was the the first foray. Okay, um, so I, I wanted to, I wanted to go in before I asked the question. I wanted to be sure of that. So then, what? Mm-hmm. How how was that that first time pushing it out there? You're the. Did you have anybody else that you worked with that you got some pointers from, or was it kind of like you did it all? It was all insulated. You. Took care it of all the was, art assets and <clears throat> collecting all that stuff, formatting, editing, layout, da da da, the mm-hmm. whole thing. How'd you do it that? was uh, from from sort of a stylistic, from a writing perspective. It was it was internal, um, and it was it was f- f- uh, you know informed by my experience, you know, DMing for Adventures League and seeing the way that their modules are laid out and things that I liked or that I hated from the AL layout um, and being like, you know, all right, I'm going to borrow this. I'm going to change that, you know, so on and so forth. Um, But then the actual creative process was pretty insulated, you know, just, just me um, calling on experience DMing at cons. I think DMing at cons is in my opinion, one of the best crash courses for adventure writing because it gives you such a, background of experience of you play with hundreds or even thousands of different players Mm -hmm. and so when you're sitting there writing something on paper you're not just thinking about your home group you're thinking about all these randos and the zany (laughs) things that they might do instead of what you're used to with your home group or even Mm. gleaning some of the the zany stuff that they come up with it's kind of like it acts as almost as a seed not necessarily you're gonna Mm -hmm. like you're taking their idea necessarily but like it's something it trying to it, it's, it creates an itch somewhere else mm-hmm. inside of your subconscious that's like, there's a, there's something else to this that I, I may be able to use uh, later on down the, the road. Yeah, so. we are, yeah, we are fully talking about, you know, in the realm of ass ramps and zombies right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that that was a huge help. Um, as for some, some content that went into it, um, I have uh, a dear friend. Her name is Nicole Putong. Uh, she did my cover art, um, and she's also done art of uh, of my hags, and they just look absolutely stunning. They are exactly the way that I envisioned them, and in fact, the cover art is mm, just just perfectly communicating my my monster, my first monster here. Uh, mm. So that was really great. So so I outsourced that uh, to a friend, and then uh, a fellow BMG. Um, Dungeon Master Luke Absalom Reed did yes. my did my map, uh, so that was fantastic, and again, really captured the mood. Um, so yeah, those were my two sort of art, you know, assets there because you know I'm thinking of like I, I really want this to pop, you know, it, I'm gonna have to sink money into it, you know, pay your artists appropriately, folks, yes. and and do what you need to do there, um, or or go without it, but you know, don't don't go somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Um, Very true. So yeah, that was that was definitely important to me. Um, we'll see if it pays off. <laughs> and uh, then I used um, for the because I am not a formatting you know formatting whiz. So I ended up using by um, Laura Hersbruner uh, does oh, yeah. a does a word template that's available on the DMs Guild, yeah. and I picked that up and really loved it. It's like 
98% perfect. Uh, you know, there's a few things that you sort of have to figure out your own. And if, if you're not at least familiar with Office, y you might struggle a tiny bit. But, like, it was just so fantastic to have the formatting taken care of. And I can just put my text in there and fiddle with it only a little bit. Nice. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, I I picked up that same same thing. And I haven't actually looked at it yet, but yeah, when it when it dropped on DMVO, I'm like, ooh, this could be mm -hmm. nice. So I snagged yeah. onto that. Yeah, and then of course I used, uh, you know, that that not a lot of people necessarily realize. You know, Wizards of the Coast puts out free art on yeah. uh, D DM's yeah. Guild. They have art packs that you can use. Yeah. So I filled a lot of my white space with with free art. So you know, as long as you're willing to take the time and look for those things and spend a little time sifting through, you can have a pretty looking product uh, for free. <laughs> yeah, there's oh, yeah. all. There, it's not like right, we'll get off on a tangent here, but like. Again, <laughs> whoever put that those files together for the DMs Guild, I think did it intentionally to make them difficult to navigate. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> because like, like I love them and I use them and I'm not complaining. But like, there is not a single one that has a file name that represents what it is that it's drawn for. Right. So like, mm -hmm. crawling claws will probably if there's an image of a crawling claw, it'll probably be called something like rotting flesh dot yeah. jpeg <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah so so you have to like if you if you want to use it that's awesome and it's there and it's it's useful um but you need to search through folder after folder after folder looking for crawling claws because somebody i i'm convinced that somebody knew what they were doing is like it's not going to be easy. We're not going to make it easy if it's free. Yeah. And <laughs> they're like, what can we do? To, okay, this file name is Crawling Claw. Let's name it Rotting Skin. All right, yeah. perfect. Or Fingernails yeah. or whatever. Like, it just... <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Awesome. So yeah, it was it was quite it was quite the learning curve. You know, it was things that I knew and that I was comfortable with with the actual creative process, but when it came to art and layout and and uh, play testing as well, you know, that was definitely a thing. And then navigating DMs Guild itself is quite a learning curve for your first time. And I leaned on Ginny Loveday really heavily there. I was constantly like sending her a message of like. What's what you know? What what happens when I do this? Help me out, Ginny. She is a, a a dear good friend and an awesome person as well. So you know, since I knew she knew her way around DMs Guild, I'm like, how do how do technically how does this work? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it looks great. Uh, I'm 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 really impressed with for a, for a, like this isn't even let me rephrase this. Even if this wasn't your first go, this looks great. But as a first go, it looks really great. Um, well, so thank you. Kudos to you. I know what my first product looks like. I'm not even going <laughs> to dare mention it here. And I'm like, yeah, this is way, 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 way better. So uh, <laughs> I'm really impressed. So thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so one question that I have as we're kind of wrapping this up here is so you have an intention to do this Hags of Horror Frost uh, anthology. Mm -hmm. um, you got your first product out of the way. Does it intimidate you now? Look, knowing how much work the first one was, does it intimidate you looking ahead? Or is it like, oh, I did the first one. That's behind me. Everything else is half as hard. 
it's it's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, there there are things that I'm very comfortable with. Uh, you know, I've gotten over the hump. But you know, on on the flip side of things, it's definitely you know I I wish that I already had number two out there because like it's all it's all up here in my head. You know, mm. I, I know it. I just need to sort of fiddle around with it. But you know, COVID has been a, has been a bear, and you know, oh, life yeah. is life is just tricky. And sometimes you know, getting your getting your ducks in a row is just way harder than it should sure. be right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, that makes sense. I. I like to hear like like typically what what I think I when I talk to folks is that like the actual technical bits become far less of a hurdle. Mm-hmm. But like there is an exhaustion that comes from putting, like you said, your your inspiration from your brain onto the page mm-hmm. and gearing yourself up for doing that again, where you put brain to page again can sometimes be the the true endeavor. Yeah, for sure. You know, and of course, it's it's always that sort of like cost cost benefit analysis of you know wanting to do a really good job on it, but you know if it, you know you got to make sure the sales come in so you pay back that art budget and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's that constant sort of like calculus of like what can I afford to do for number two? So mm-hmm. heads up to the listeners if you want number two to look as pretty as number one, go buy <laughs> number one, please. Go buy number one. <laughs> <laughs> Like, play, yeah. play, it, go, go, and sit in on a session at mm-hmm, virtual yep. weekend or at start playing, and then, then go buy it. Yeah, right. yep, 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 for Very sure. Good. So yeah, I am, I am working on number two. Um, I'm hoping maybe at the end of this month. Well, you know, fingers crossed. We'll, we'll see. But uh, ice, nice. ice, wind curses, hate. Uh, should be crossing people's radar before mm. too terribly long. So, uh, okay. Do you have a title for number three? Uh, number three is Ice Wind Curses Heartbreak. I Hunger, like the hate. three. Hunger, mm-hmm. hate, heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, I dig that. Yes. I kind of, yeah. Yes. So it's the Hags of Hoarfrost, Hunger, Hate, and Heartbreak. Yep. Lots of... Holy yeah. cow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I love it when when you've got a a run of stories modules whatever they might be, but they have that that feel to them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that 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 connective you know, kind of like uh, what was the was the friend all the friends episodes where it was like the one where <laughs> right or, you know this was like you know hunger hate heartbreak with yeah. The, well, my players always know when I'm in love with a title because I always tell them, like, like when we run games at conventions or whatnot, like, I don't typically give two shits about what your adventure is called. Like, I just want to run the adventure. But if it's something that I really like, the title, I'll be like, all right, so we're going to run uh, Icewind <laughs> Dale Curse's Hunger, and then uh, I'll say it three more times before it's over because... I, mm-hmm. sometimes there's some really great or if like the quotes in the adventures are like really on point like the like the like from a song or from a, yeah. a movie mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. like i'll actually pull them out and be like oh no they players have to see this even though it's part of the it's not part of the adventure like it's yeah. cool so that's uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's something delicious when when all the little details like that are kind of just right and everything they, they add to it yeah, everything yeah. aligns, and you want your players to know how cool it's aligned, and like, oh no, it's cool. Like, like it fits really well, and it's, it's cool. Look, there's alliteration in the in the titles. It's, <laughs> it's part of a. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hey, Brendan, where can people find you? I know you said at the beginning, a linked tree, uh, mm-hmm. but but where where would you send people if they want to play in uh, in your game or if they just want to connect with you in one way or another? Uh, well, my link tree is, you know, as it is designed, kind of the one-stop shop. So that's that's Brendan Dice, uh, B-R-E-N-D-E-N, Dice, all one word. And that will take you, uh, there are links there to my Twitter, uh, to okay. my Start Playing account, uh, to my DMs Guild content, and uh, to my Twitch channel. Uh, because at the tail end of March, uh, soon after Candlekeep releases, I am planning to do an actual play stream as well. Uh, that'll nice. be there on, on Twitch. So, Or if people just want to hang out with me and watch me suck at Magic the Gathering Arena... Uh, they can watch me on Twitch occasionally. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> well, I had never heard of Linktree before uh, before 35 minutes ago. So now I understand what its use is. And, yeah, uh, it is check out. super handy. Oh, all right, cool. Uh, well, thank you for coming on this of evening. Of course. Brendan. Yeah, Brendan, thanks delightful. so much for having me. Yeah, it's been great. Since we don't get to hang out in person because of, you know, stupid COVID. Right. It's nice to... Stupid microbiology. Be able to do mm-hmm. this every once in a while. Yeah. 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 Very cool. All right. Well, I will encourage uh, all of our listeners uh, when this episode goes live, Troy, it's going live on Wednesday. Is that right? This Wednesday? Or uh, the after? It, can, it can go live whenever we choose. Wonderful. <laughs> well, let's pretend like it's going live before uh, the next virtual weekend. So I can say, uh, encourage our listeners to go to the virtual weekend and sign up for, uh, Brendan's, uh, adventure that you've been, that we've been talking about today. Um, John is running so much of candle keep and some, the rest of you help me out. Brendan, you're also running candle keep. I am running some candle keep. Yeah. Yeah. And Troy, you're running the intro and you're running, I'm running uh, Terror in Ten Towns. That's right. You're running the Epic. Yep, epic. yep, yep. So yeah. you can play with all of them. I'm running the intro to D&D, maybe. Um, and then I have a fun, like, Eberron Cyberpunk 1099 thing. That's, that's going to be a lot of fun yeah. uh, on Saturday night. So no matter what you're fancy, uh, <laughs> there's something from the four of us uh, this coming March. Um, the dates for that, should have had those pulled up, but the dates 12, for 13, that. 12, 13, 14? Yep. 12, 13, yep. 14. Uh, come play games. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a few slots left somewhere, and we'd love to have you. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. John, Troy, anything else we should be saying here? That is it. I think, I think we have, we have uh, skated across this pond. Okay. Very good. <laughs> like, the, uh, like the walrus. Like, like the, the walrus, walrus of old. Like the walrus. Here it goes again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well then go check out our Facebook page and give us a like and a follow and get notified when we go live and uh, maybe give us a like on Twitch as well and that'll help us uh, know to keep doing the uh, live streams when they can happen. Uh, yeah, when Twitch isn't being an When Twitch bag. is, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, until next week, we'll see you next week. Have a good game, everybody. Stay Thank safe. you, Brendan. Peace out. Well, we've got a great guest, uh, which I'll reintroduce uh, today for our Twitch crowd. Uh, so you're going to get three introductions, Brendan, uh, by the time this is all over. Maybe yeah. four. Um, 
Brendan uh, is our guest. He runs uh, D&D with us on the virtual weekends for Bald Man Games. And uh, he also writes for the DMs Guild. Um, and he's part of our uh, cool exclusive DM crew. So uh, he belongs cool to the... Uh, marks. Yeah, 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 very yeah. much so. The only thing cool... <laughs> the coolest of the, of the yeah. dorks. Way to go. Yes, that's right. Made it. The only reason that it is cool or exclusive is because we have our icon on our discord channel <laughs> says it, so. it, it has been stamped thusly mm -hmm. yes exactly 